0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Passion Church family, it's good to see all of you this morning. Have you ever received a, a miracle, or, a, you know, somebody sent you something in the mail, or you got something, and you just felt like you had to share that with people, share it with your neighbor or your, someone in your family. That's the beauty. I was sitting there listening, and I was thinking, you know how your mind can go in so many different directions, when someone is speaking, the unique thing about that is is that you're going to hear something that maybe somebody didn't hear. But uh, John, if you'll turn me down just a little bit, I, I thank you. Um, when she was speaking, I began. To, I was reminiscing about how the Lord blessed us in learning. Somebody loved us enough. Some preacher, a minister of the gospel, loved Kelly and I enough when we were part of their. Of the Of that church family, they loved us enough they had been blessed and wanted to share how to get blessed and they shared so many scriptures that Kelly has shared with you uh on how to receive a blessing that is that was what we're doing here it's not we're not we're not trying to take from you we're trying to get to you. And that's the whole purpose behind this. I know sometimes people will come to church or, you know, they say, Oh, well, we always have to go through this here tithes and offerings deal. Can I tell you, there was a time when I went to church and I would, <laughs> I almost like, I would, I'll tell you what, when I get through with that, I'll come on back in. Or perhaps I'll just wait and not come into the service and we'll run a little late until that's over with because I didn't know the importance, didn't see the importance since then. And perhaps, you know, as we listen to stuff like this, sometimes we're thinking, well, I already give. What's this got to do with me? Well, the beautiful part about it is, is every time I hear a story about how God blesses, when I hear it about it in His Word, how God blesses when I give to Him from a cheerful heart, it builds my faith, because faith cometh by hearing, but hearing the Word of God. And little by little, what happens is, is, it gets to where you just can't wait to get somewhere to give. Then you get to the place where, after you're starting to give and you're giving your tithes and offerings, you begin to see how God blesses you, spiritually, physically, financially, and then all of a sudden, it's, it, it, it gets to where it's starting to grow. And then you realize, you know, wow, I I can tuck back a little bit here. I can put back a little bit. You can carry some extra on you. You know, you realize that, wow, my bills are paid. And, and I I actually have some left over. And it's a wonderful feeling to kind of tuck it back. For you, no. Because... Your faith has grown so much about about this giving with a cheerful heart unto the Lord that you want to put some back so that if God happens to speak to your heart somewhere in the presence of someone or there's something going on and there's an opportunity to give, you can't wait to open up your pocketbook and say, I've got extra and this is why I have extra. It's to give because God will lay it on your heart. And what happens is it starts multiplying. You say, well, the Lord blessed me to tuck away $100 in my pocket, and I've been carrying it all week. Well, boy, Friday gets here, and all of a sudden you hear about a need, or you see a need, or God lays it on your heart. and He says to give that $100. You say, well, Lord, that's all I got. He says, well, that's all I'm asking. He says, I didn't ask you for more than what you You say, well, but, but Lord, maybe how about just half of it? I, it feels good to carry a little extra on me. Well, all of a sudden, that you you because you've been listening, your faith's been growing. This is not my message. I just had to share this. But your faith is growing. All of a sudden, now it's not that that little question doesn't come up or that little thought doesn't come up. Well, that's all I got. It's okay. That's wonderful, Lord, because I know that if I got this to give away. It ain't going to be long. You're going to put even more in there so I can give some more Amen. abundantly away. Because he says, good measure, press down, shaking together and running over. I'm just sharing with you. I just, I just wanted to share this with you. This is something that has happened to Kelly and I. And I know many of you have, have had this happen to you. But if you're here today and, and you're watching on social media and, and this has never happened to you, I'm telling you, it will work. Because it's happened to Kelly and I. And and I remember when I I would just, oh, I I used to say, uh, Sister Teresa, I'd say, oh, baby, if we just had $20, I'd I'd, I'd help with that lady's groceries in front of our line. But we didn't have it. (laughs) Can I get a witness? You ever felt like you wanted to help somebody, but you really, all you had was just enough to pay for what you'd gotten through the line? In fact, you actually put some stuff back on the shelf. Because you want to make sure you had enough. But you saw somebody in need at the checkout and you're thinking, Oh Lord, if I I would I would take care of that in a minute if I just had it. You see, that's the desire of your heart. He said, I'll give you the desires of your heart. But there's principles that we have to put into place to make these things happen. But I remember there's times Kelly and I would do that, and we'd look, and I could see the, the compassion in just it was on her face. Kelly would say, oh, God, I'd love to be able to help them. They're, they're worse off than we are. Come on, have you ever felt that way? You know, you may not have had much, but you're just thinking, boy, they're just worse off than we are. Oh, if I had it, I'd help them. And then all of a sudden, it starts happening. You start giving, and you start getting blessed and and then all of a sudden, oh, the feeling of when that comes over you and you 're in line, and you know that you can be that blessing, and God lays it on your heart, and all of a sudden it 's like the lady or the man or something, maybe they're short, some, and you say don't worry about it, go ahead and ring it up. I got that, and maybe it 's only like adding fifteen or twenty dollars i 'm telling you it 's an even more wonderful feeling. When you know that somebody in front of you has the money, has the abundance, but their credit card's been declined. Are you listening to me? But you can pull your cash out or your credit card because you pay it off every month. And it's four, maybe $500. And you you know God is saying they need a godly witness right now. They're well-to-do, they can do, they have the ability to. It just happened to be right now, it got declined. Doesn't mean that they can't, but the funds available right now aren't, aren't, aren't happening. Hello, I, I, I've experienced this. And then all of a sudden, you break out and you say, well, the Lord says to you, you do it. They need to see somebody that can, that is a Christian. And you just say, you know what, listen. And, you know, you don't want to get real gaudy in front of them. Are you following me? But, you know, you just say, you know what? You, you, you just feel like I, can I just help you there? And maybe they, you know, they say, oh, no, 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 listen. And then you can just kind of throw in, no, God has blessed me. I want to. And you go, well, let me get your number and everything. I'll, I'll see to it you get it back. That's no problem. But you bless them, and what happens is they have seen Christianity more than a dollar bill. They've seen Christianity in the works of more than just a 10. Come on. Are you following me? And this is not my message, but my message, thank God, is short this morning. But they're seeing Christianity in a way that the world don't usually see it. And that is an eye-opener. Of what God is and can do. And the world needs to see that. They need to see that. They really need to see that. That was free. If you got your Bibles, hold it up. Let's get into the Word real quick. If you got your Bibles, let's say it with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me over to John three sixteen. I know this is a very familiar passage of Scripture, but I'm going to take it with some different light here this morning. The title of my message is, To Whom Much is Given, Much is Required. That is also a passage of Scripture. To Whom Much is Given, that's my title, To Whom Much is Given, much is required. Read with me, if you would, in chapter 3 of, of St. John, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You say, Pastor, that's a very um, recognizable passage of Scripture, that's one that is heard of in the ranks of Christianity. What does that have to do with to whom much is given, much is required? Well, let's look at this right at, Can we dissect this scripture? Right in the beginning it says, For God so loved the world that he gave, he gave his only begotten Son. When I was a child growing up in Sunday school, We learned a little song that said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me, this I know, because the Bible tells me so. Now, as a child, and you hear that, that can be comforting, but as you get older and you begin to deal with life, and the circumstances of life, and then perhaps you don't know about this Jesus, you can hear this, as hear people say, oh, well, brother, Jesus loves you, and I do too. And they pat you on the back. Have you ever done that? Or have you ever had that happen to you? Oh, Jesus loves you, brother. Jesus loves you, sister. God loves you. And don't forget, I do too. Jesus gave his all. He didn't just pat you on the back and say, bless you, and I love you too. You see, when we read Scripture like this, and it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, we're seeing that he is demonstrating his love for you and I. Now, if Kelly was to write me a letter... And let's say I've, I've met her, been introduced to her. And she writes me a letter and she says, hey, Mr. Ron, in her letter, you good-looking guy. No, she probably wouldn't say that. But, but if she says, hi, this is Kelly. I love you. Do you love me? Check yes or no on the block. Now, if she sent me that letter, she sent me a letter. But how do I know she loves me? Just a letter. Has she had the opportunity? I mean, I'm just getting this first letter from her. I've just maybe had a one-time acquaintance. Have I had the opportunity to experience any kind of love? She said she loved me in a letter, but has she had an opportunity to demonstrate that love? No, she hasn't. If I only just met her for just a short period of time, like in a reality when we met, when we got, before we got married, I just got her phone number and address, and I got back on the bus and hit the road, and we wrote a couple of letters, but I really didn't know her. She never even said she loved me. I definitely didn't tell her I loved her. But I did come back and I married her. But the point I'm trying to make is this morning is that God has demonstrated it's not just a letter to you and I. He's demonstrated, I love you. He gave, he proved it. He said, I gave my only begotten son. And he says, and by doing so, I'm making it to where you can have life. When I was a child and I heard those, that little song, we would sing it, Jesus loves me, this I know. Well, the Bible tells me so. I had never seen Jesus. Not in the natural. But as a kid, I... I assumed it was so. So if somebody was asked me, did you know Jesus loves you? Yes, he loves me. The Bible tells me so. Have you ever heard kids make that comment? I have. Oh, yes, he loves me. The Bible says so. A lot has been given to you and I through a demonstration of his love. He not only sent his son. To die on the cross for our sins that we might have life and life more abundant. He's gone farther than that. He made it possible, Brother Phil, for Him to come in that we might feel His love. So He's done His part. His part has been fulfilled. We can't we can say about God, to whom much has been given. Much is required, but can we say that about what he has given to us? To whom much has been given to me and to you through his abundant love, much is required. In other words, I am responsible. I like to use the the analogy of the gifts of talents. The master of the talents said that he gave one Five talents and another two talents and he gave another one talent. But historians historians, uh, uh, have have brought out the fact that even in that day, that one talent represented $600,000 because they were talking about money. Jesus was talking about money in that passage of Scripture. And even uh, two talents was considered a million and a half. And the five talents was a representation of well over five million dollars. Well, if you look at that in today's terms, the one given the one talent, even today, that was a lot. I don't know about, I don't know where you live and how you perceive it, that's a lot to me. And sometimes we look at what we feel like God has given us. And we say, well, but he's he's only given me one talent. But Jesus described that one talent as being astronomical. But even if it was, in your opinion, a small talent. He gave it to you. What are you doing with it? Because the master said, take it from him because he didn't do anything with his one talent. And you know what he said to do? Give it to the one who really got promoted, motivated in doing something with what he had. So my question today is, what are we doing with what we have? Whether it be spiritually... You know, when we... Well, let's just break it down real quick. I'm trying to get out of here for you guys to get out early enough this morning. I know last Sunday we did. We we got you out early about everything. But I want to use an analogy here. If... Let's look at it from the spiritual standpoint. Has anybody been blessed... In the house or on social media, have you ever been blessed spiritually? Well, then, was it just a little teeny bit? You've been blessed abundantly. Hey, if you woke up this morning and you breathed the breath of life and you were able to get your feet out of bed, I'm going to tell you something you are blessed. Blessed abundantly. So we can say that spiritually, we're blessed. Spiritually, in this dimension, to me means that because I'm blessed, I do things because that much has been given to me, much is required. What am I doing with the spiritual blessing he's given me? You say, well, you're preaching to the choir if you're saying, do I come to church? Well, you're in here, and yes, you do. And that's a wonderful thing, but it goes so much broader than just coming in and and taking a seat. It's our lives everywhere we go all during the day. Our commitments. When we say we're going to go somewhere and be somewhere, are we there? When we become a part of a of a team for something, are we there? Or do we make excuses? I'm gonna use an example of this. We knew we knew we were gonna have family coming in from out of state. And and but we also knew that we needed to be and wanted to be somewhere yesterday um uh, with a, a homegoing celebration. Number one, we wanted to be there. Number two, we needed to be there because we needed to represent Passion Church so the pastor should be there. Are y'all following me? And so, but at the same time, not only did I just want to be there, but it was important that I be, that Kelly and I be there because it's a part of that responsibility because much has been given to us The responsibility of pastoring has been put on us, so I have to fulfill that responsibility. Whom much is given, much is required. Now, but we worked it out to where we would still be able to go, but still get back. But we had to tell the family, we have prior obligations. Now, I wanted to hang out with the grandbabies and the children. Wanted to be there with my my son and daughter-in-law. I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to kick back and watch the the ball games. But responsibility said you've got to draw a line and make a decision, Ron. There's things that are required within the spirit realm that God holds us accountable when we have a relationship with Him because He's given us His best, His Son. We receive his abundant life that he died on the cross for. I'm going to tell you somebody that that went over and above and beyond. That was Jesus Christ. And for me to try to make an excuse, well, you know, my family's over. They'll understand. It's the excuses that are separating us from the blessings of God on our life. Because we're not taking it serious. Maybe y'all are. But a lot of times people don't take their responsibility that what God has given them, He's holding us accountable to, 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 to be involved with it, to, to fulfill it, to be accountable, to, to, to exalt Him in that. That's when the blessings come. I have found that whenever I've tried to make excuses, even my, my relationship with Him felt like it was... Severed. I didn't feel the closeness because I knew I had disappointed him. Because he was saying, I was I was expecting you to do this. I wanted you to do this. Let's look at it from another aspect. We're spiritually, physically. Have you ever used the the excuse uh, from the natural standpoint? Well, I'm just tired. I have worked all day. And uh, they'll understand. I, I, I won't go by there. I really know I need to. I'll just call. But you felt in your heart you should go. And you and, and you knew that God, because you knew that if you went, you would already been God had been talking to you about this as an opportunity to to witness a little bit, or maybe you get a chance to pray for that person. God opens doors, you know, when we do these things, and see these blessings follows obedience. And you're saying, "Well, Pastor Ron, this is such a simple simple type message. To whom much is given, much is required." But I wonder sometimes if, we're, if, we're, if we are really taking it to heart what God is requiring of us and going and doing it. And then we sit back and we don't. We wonder, well, I gave in the offering. I wonder why I didn't get blessed. You see, for, for too long, I have made excuses as to why I didn't want to go do that. You know, I, I, there was even times when I would say, I didn't want to be a part of this program or I didn't want to be involved in this type of ministry or in this facet of ministry in the church because I knew it was going to require me to be faithful. Well, that's going to that's gonna ease it. They do that on Wednesday night. <laughs> that's my bingo night. Well, I, they're wanting to meet. If, if I join this, if I'm a part of this, it's, it's oh, don't they know I have grandkids? Well, I've heard all kinds of excuses. I've made a lot of excuses. And I wondered why I really wasn't getting the fullness of the blessing that God had intended for me. I'm going to tell you something. We were giving in our finances, but we wouldn't see in the, the return that we wondered why. Well, why isn't it? Or oh, I hear other people. It's happening to other people. To whom much is given, much is required. We can't, we can't just take, we can't tear out this Bible, the pages we don't want in here, and call it the Bible. Amen. We have to do everything that he requires of us. And when we know better, used to despise it to hear my mama say this. She'd come up to me after I was doing something that was wrong. She'd say, if you didn't know better, it would be different, but you do. And she'd point that big old long finger right in my face. And then she'd say, and because you know better, you're getting a whooping. You wait till your daddy gets home. I'm thinking, oh, Lord. (laughs) That didn't mean that I wouldn't get the blessing of a supper that night. Hello. I still get my little blessing, my dinner that night. But I'd had to spend the rest of the night in the bedroom. No TV. No Gilligan's Island. Man, I mean, oh. I was suffering. I still got part of my blessing. I got to eat supper. But I didn't get to enjoy the rest of the benefits that I had right there in the house. Couldn't watch TV. Couldn't hang out with the rest of the family. Couldn't go and practice the piano. Couldn't play on the piano. All these little extra blessings were eliminated. Because, as my mother was saying, you knew better. You didn't do what you knew you should do. This has happened... So many times in my life of growing up and perhaps looking at you all out here today. I ask you the question, have you ever experienced this type of life? You do some things good, some things we make excuses for. But to whom much is given, much is required. I know that... I'll close with this. I remember one year. We were having... A New Year's Eve celebration here at Passion Church. This was years ago. I think it was like maybe the first or second year after we had come on board as music directors. And the pastors had announced that, you know, we're going to have this and we want y'all to do this. And we were going to do a bunch of music that night. And there was going to be some just games and different things taking place. And it was going to be a lot of fun. I just did not want to go. And um, (laughs) we went. We went because we were obligated. But I went with the attitude, while I'm here. Have you ever done something because you were obligated to, but everybody could look at you and tell you were not a happy camper? I remember one time we were going to do a concert and I had a real bad attitude. Can you believe that? Me? This nice, loving, kind-hearted guy would have an attitude. Boy, did I have an attitude. And it had been building and building and we're fixing to get off the bus and go into the back of the auditorium there to get ready to go in and and do our concert and I was already dressed had on my tux had on my cologne I was ready to entertain but my attitude was sorry and my dad stopped me as I was coming off the bus he said you know what you just sit right here as bad as I need a drummer, as bad as we need you in there, I would rather have that attitude, stay on the bus, than go in that place of worship. So just set yourself right there. Has there been times that you <laughs> you would like to have said to somebody, Well, I know you're, you're here, but it's not because you want to. I sure wish you'd just get in your car and go back home because we don't need that here. I have been that way. I'm so happy that Kelly's always in a good attitude. Always got a smile on her face. But when we do what God is requiring of us, you can expect the blessing. Second closing feel. But this is all if you're giving and you're giving with a cheerful heart don't forget it's more than just your money when you're giving with a cheerful heart he's requiring not just your money with a cheerful heart he's requiring it of your time of your love compassion when you don't want to Love on somebody when you don't want to. That's part of that. To whom much is given, much is required. Examine your heart today. Ask yourself the question. Am I being a part of this church? And am I totally in with my heart? not just with my church, but am I totally in on my job? Am I totally in in my marriage? Because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. This message today is as much to me as well. It's a reminder that Ron Whistnan has been given much. Therefore... He requires much from me. I must be, as Jesus said, about my Father's business. But I have to do it with a joyful heart, knowing full well that if I will fulfill what He's required of me, the blessings will come. Would you stand to your feet? Let's close out this morning. I want to remind you that the altars are open. If you have special prayer requests, Please let us know. I do want to dismiss, but I want to hold you after I pray over you and dismiss you. Those of you that need to go, I I really want to make it to where you have the opportunity to slip out. But I I do want to share with this congregation for about five minutes a very special thing that's taking place here at this church. So if you want to stay, I'd love for you to stay. I know that uh, Sonia will be taking us offline here. Briefly so. But anyway, if you're here, don't leave today without your needs being met. If you need prayer, there's going to be prayer counselors up here to pray with you, altar workers. There's nothing like for taking what you have in your heart unto the Lord. We were talking about in the message this morning. Having a cheerful heart, being a cheerful giver. From the heart. Do all that we do. We heartily as unto the Lord. But it's so important. That we don't. That we don't hold back. When it comes our time. Talking to Jesus. We need to make that. A wholehearted deal too. Don't hide from him. He already sees you. Don't try to keep things back from him. He already knows. So that's why we have. Altar workers that will be up. After the close of the service. And and, uh, our sound man's going to put on some soft music for us when we get ready after we close out. But please take advantage of these times. And if you want to come to the altar and pray, you can. You don't have to have a prayer counselor with you to pray. Father, today, your word says that you gave your best, you gave your son. You gave him to a lost and dying world. I'm thankful today, Father, that I have found you as my personal Savior. That you did come into my heart. That I am striving day after day to make you the Lord and Savior of my life. To putting you first. I know, Father, to whom much is given, much is required. I feel that responsibility today. I pray that the word has gone forth, that all of those under the sound of my voice will examine their heart and say, am I doing all that's been required of me? So, Father, today, I thank you for your son, Jesus, for what he did on the cross. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. If you'd like to receive Jesus, say, dear Lord Jesus. I know you are the Son of God. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of all of my sins. I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I believe this morning you've just received Jesus today. And if you have, I want you to talk with somebody today. If you're in the house here in the sanctuary, we want you to take... Grab Kelly, Pastor Kelly or I or one of the altar workers and let them know that you've received Jesus as your personal Savior. Father, I thank you for allowing us to see another brand new day today. For giving us the breath of life. For showing us and teaching us But most of all, showing us what real life is all about. And for allowing us to feel what real life is all about when you come into our life and live in us like you do. We thank you for it. Father, I thank you for this congregation. I thank you, Father, for their love to you. I thank you for their dedication for each one that's here today who made an effort to come and fill these seats to fellowship one with another. I thank you for it, Father. Now may the Lord bless us and keep us. May he cause his face to shine upon us. Be gracious unto us throughout this entire week. We pray it in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and if the congregation can say amen. Say amen. Amen.